0: Just remember, because I always forget about right the Spur of the moment, What is this podcast called again? It's the Dungeon Masters. <laughs>
1: the Dungeon Masters Book Club. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've said it written like 500 times. Well, like and... episode nine or something ridiculous. No, I do odd numbers. So it's episode eight. Yeah. I never I never remember, but yeah, it's Dean's Book Club. <laughs>
0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Dungeon Masters Book Club or DM's Book Club if you're young, hip and cool, like us. My name's Ryan. I am bringing you into this podcast yet again. Hope you guys are all doing well and look, someone's with me. Who is it?
1: Well, it's an audio podcast so you uh, you can't look. (laughs) No, very good. Who
0: is it? It's Fiona. Hello. It's me. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, really good. Slightly hyperactive. Like... Been knocked down too long now. How are you?
1: Oh dear, you've been talking too much. No, I'm all right. I I had I had to have some. I'm sure you've had this as well, Ryan, I had to have a lot of meetings today with people who haven't done the work. And they're like, but what do we do? And I go, I, well, I told you what to do. There's <laughs> so a lot oh, of dear. restrained energy. Well, you have so, to go from that, that
0: sort of professional dealing with people who haven't prepared, and then you have to do this with me, you know? Terrible. But, you're, but just... you're
1: always prepared, so I... <laughs> of course I am. I know D&D
0: back to front, clearly. Mm-hmm. That's... Mm-hmm. that's, that's mm. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily... I'm not the one who had to super prepare for this session because it's not my topic. Would you like to tell us what we're talking about today?
1: So today we are going to be talking about artificers, which sort of, I've, I've been around in D&D, I think, for a little bit. I've got to be honest, I, I didn't do too much into the history of it, but uh, sorry about that. But they are essentially uh, come about as an official class in Eberron. The right, uh, the last rising of the war. I've already botched that title up, but yes, it's, it's the new Eberon book, and I say new; it was out for about two years or so.
0: And that's I have to say, really this this Eberon book is fantastic. Oh, I, it's I was so good. I'm never a huge fan of books that are purely like lore that sort of jump on other people's yeah. worlds if that makes sense Like a, I know, a whole setting been, yeah yeah like a wild mount one and then there's been a magic the gathering one i think uh ravnica, yeah. ravnica that's it so i was a little bit skeptical but i have to say everyone has been such a good book it's like, so I,
1: cool <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is really really cool and and specifically the art of this now this was um enough arcana to start with wasn't it because i remember <clears> you played one in a campaign that we did a few years ago mm-hmm. this was three years ago now must have been
1: yes i actually again i didn't look at the back of the notes but i think i last touched those notes in like 2017 which is very yeah. sad
0: <laughs> something like that and, and artificers looked very different then so mm-hmm. yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about the artificer in 2020
1: essentially to, to discuss the artificer you have to think about what eberron is and eberron is a setting which I like to refer to as sort of like cosmic steampunk because you've, <laughs> you've got the magic but it is harnessed through science and you, you see these people who are inventors and they harness the magic not like a, a wizard uh, who would probably study the arcane arts and write it down or a sorcerer who would just conjure it from themselves. They actually, my favourite line is that they are the masters of unlocking magic in everyday objects. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, Ryan, that sounds a lot like you and me in real life. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, finding the magic in the mediocrity that surrounds us. Yes, yeah, I like it, that. I
1: think it's true. So I, I definitely know this has happened to you, but um, at my work, my line manager will call me into a meeting and they'll tell me that we need to do something, sort of video content related, so that's what my job is about. And there'll be some questions and then my line manager will turn and say, well, don't worry, Fiona's a whiz at computers and she's, <laughs> and she's good at this, this, and this, and she's, it's completely magic. And that's what I think artifices are. They have learned so much and they get so into the details and decoding the magic. That's what they love. And that's what they crave. Mm. Uh, but to everyone else, they're like, I have no idea how you did that from a shoe, you know, it's, <laughs> it's using the mundane objects to create amazing objects. So I, I and I think, it sort of goes back to when I first started getting into d So they're talking about five years ago. I know it's not, I'm still a newbie, technically. But I remember at the time I was put into a campaign. Yeah, it was enjoyable and stuff. I was playing a gnome paladin because I thought it was funny that I'd play a knight who was short. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and I enjoyed it, but I was like, I don't... Because I didn't get to pick it. I was like, I don't really... I don't really connect with it, I, and I was going to all the listeners. I was like, "Well, some of these seem like some of these seem too aggressive. Like, I don't know about a barbarian. Um, I don't know about a wizard. I don't know about proper magic." So I was really stuck. And then we obviously we started talking about doing our own D and D campaign. And at that time, I was getting into other things like D and D streams. And there's a stream that everyone will know is Critical Role, mm. and one of the characters on it because they were they were playing sort of from. By the time of their first season, they were from sort of level 11 all the, or level nine, I think, sorry, all the way up to sort of level 20.
0: Yeah, it was quite a high level campaign at the time because most, most things people watched were very low level and very sort of beginning of, of D&D focus.
1: Mm, so it, this was like the first time we'd ever seen sort of high level combat, high level D&D and role play at such a level and a continued story. So it did feel like, you know, you would tune in every week to to find out. What happened later on, though, and massive spoilers if you are not listened or watched it, I appreciate the season is like 150 episodes long and each episode is like four or five hours, so we're
0: me. talking a few years ago now. Like, this has yeah. been and gone, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the characters uh, played by Sam Regal died uh, in a really really horrific combat but they would got to that point where they were so high level that they could just bring people back to life like like that essentially and so that's what they kept doing they kept just you know spread people back and there's a way of mechanic and high level etc anyway the character sort of died at the end of an episode and we're like oh no what are we don't well, we, don't worry we can bring him back we can bring him back and then the next episode Sam Regal go you know as his character goes no you should not have brought me back I was not ready to do so and leaves the party, a really dramatic scene. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. Because it, it sounded like Sam himself had left the the player group. And then a couple of scenes later, they meet a new character called Terrian Derrington, who was an artificer. And this was just maybe a couple of weeks after the Unearthed Arcana Artificer came out. And it blew my mind, not only because the role play is such a high level, Instantly had this character who wasn't necessarily a fighter, Mm. wasn't necessarily a wizard or anything like that, but could make something and had a creature with them, which was basically like a mechanical servant that would help them write stuff down or protect them in battle, as well as doing a bit of magic as well. Mm. And that's for me is why I really sort of really like artifices is is that they add so much in terms of flavor. They can add a lot in terms of storytelling. And yeah, I just and as soon as I, I sort of saw this, I thought I need to learn how to play it and then we started playing it and i was like oh some, some of it I'm, I'm very squishy and i've run out of spells already <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah the unnerved arcana version was we had to do a bit of tweaking to make it work like a lot of the ideas were very very good and sound when these like like any class gets skills as you go along and this it, it kind of felt a little bit like you get a skill it would be quite good and then very quickly it would become obsolete and you would have to get the next skill and we, we yeah we had to sort of tweak it a little a bit. bit to make it work, but this this feels fully fledged and um, yeah and definitely brought into the game. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the artificer and how it works?
1: Yeah, so essentially um like most classes, they have sort of specialities, and you have. Three very similar, but slightly different, I like to say. But they essentially are Alchemist, who is the one that sort of is involved with all the potions and stuff, can create some sort of great concoctions, poisons, uh, smoke bombs, etc. You've got then the Artillerist, which is sort of D&D's way of putting guns or gun-like elements into a game. Certainly when you think of Eberron, They will have access to gunpowder. They'll have access to cannons. Why would they not equip their troops with something similar if they can? And again, that's quite an interesting point. And then you have something which you can tell I love this one called the battlesmith, where you (laughs) have a a person running onto the battlefield, saving people or protecting people. But with them, they have their trusty uh, metal servant, a steel defender which could take any shape you want and in the book in the image it takes a shape of a big dog and instantly I was like yes that that is that is exactly what I, I want a big dog
0: metal it's really really cool big <laughs> jowly dog with ears and it's like a mastiff isn't it like mm-hmm. some big big dog like that yeah it's really really cool made of the sheer metal as well it's um really awesome
1: And yeah, so it is a mixture of being able to invent things. One of the the, sort of the key thing that all artificers have is sort of magical tinkering right really early on, where they can imbue certain properties into objects, mundane objects. So they talk about like putting light into an object, uh, the spell uh, light, making recorded messages, continuously emitting an odour of your choice. I think Mm. they mean sort of like the smell of fire burning or something rather than... Facts. I was
0: thinking thoughts. No, no, I, I was. I I, you, you got me on that one, exactly. I thought that's exactly what it was going for. <laughs> uh,
1: and then some sort of uh, visual image. And I think one of the things I've realised when reading through sort of the artificer, there certainly is a, 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 not a feat, uh, but uh, one of the things, the features, sorry, that they get later on called, uh, was it a flash of genius, which I love. And all these things are about having to figure out how to solve a problem that's not fighting it. And maybe not necessarily talking about it, but it's using all of your skills, all the things to create. And that that really sort of draws to me. So like stuff like the magical tinkering, for example, these are sort of the objects that you could use for role play, but also use them as a distraction. You use them to light certain areas or, or draw people closer to an area you want them to go to and yeah. then get the surprise on them. It's somewhere between a sort of
0: Sherlock approach and MacGyver, if you ever watched. <laughs> I mean, we're really getting old now, but like... Yeah, and, and Magical Tinkering, I think, the way I read this is it's sort of like a, a, a specific cantrip, effectively, that the artists can use. I mean, it doesn't seem like the sort of thing that would be good if you got to level 20, but it's still, it's fun stuff. And, and yeah, it's it's really, really good fun. I liked the sort of range of different things. And I have mm-hmm. to say, I do like that there is now another intelligence-based class in mm-hmm. D like the, the wizard was the only one that used intelligence, apart from I think um, Eldritch Knights. Vices. I was I was
1: going to say that I, when um, I was reading this, like because they talks about you know, obviously multi classing as well, because some people would do that, and it's like what parking
0: tricksters, I think exactly Yeah, well, that's it, Rose yeah. as well.
1: So instantly, you're like, well, yeah, you'd have a wizard, maybe wizard artifice, if so that makes sense. But then otherwise, yeah, the wizard you can't really pair it with anything else, and that's kind of sad. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and having intelligence is is. It's a skill I think that people are very quickly will neglect when when building a sort of optimized character. So it's good to see it sort of pop up in in different forms. And you actually get like a really good range of of skills, of equipment as well. I think so they start with medium armor and shields, which is pretty good for mm-hmm. um a class. Mm-hmm. Very defendable. I mean, spellcasters generally speaking can be pretty squishy, but these ones, you know, D8, it's not great, but it's it's good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, bit of health yeah and optional rule fire round proficiency that's just always to keep things a little bit interesting I think
1: mm, definitely and again in critical role there was uh, the rules of uh, not necessarily relating to artificers but so one of the other characters uh, Percy is a gunslinger which I think would, would have been sort of a similar sort of build you know if the artificer was around before then probably would have been an artificer and the idea that having guns in this world is actually really dangerous and only certain people who would know how to use them should use them. So taking that sort of element into DD, where not many people will have access to these things and then suddenly being able to create them, but then, oh, can you use them for good? And that's where sort of the artillerist is quite interesting. Because so obviously in Eberron, they were used to fight this great war. And then after the war is finished, they will actually realized that maybe they need to use their power for good. So artificers themselves, they are, they are a class that is meant to save people, but they can also, re- you know, really hurt a lot of people yeah. as well. So again, that sort of good and bad balance.
0: Yeah, I like well. to think of them as sort of a, it's like a utility class for people who don't want to be the bard. Bard often is, is the sort of jack of all trades. You can do some magic, you can do some combat, you can do some social stuff, and you have to be somebody that's good with words or with music. And if necessarily you're not um, an outgoing personality, it could be quite a difficult class to play. So an artificer, I think, is a good second take on that, somebody who can, as you say, do a bit of everything. Mm. They've certainly got skills that that kind of, fly everywhere so i mean the first interesting thing that i saw was that it's a half spell casting class so only going up to fifth level rather yep. than to ninth which puts it on par with a ranger and a paladin which are the two that mm. i can immediately think of at a half spell casting classes and neither of those a ranger and a paladin rely on spells as their primary Function spells are kind of like a, a backup, and, and and it's actually the skills of the class that do it. So I think that's what they're going for with the artificer. So you're not meant to be a pure spellcaster. You're supposed to use your artificer spells. There are some definitely some cool ones. I mean, was there anything that just from the, the so? Obviously, we, we divide into two sections. We've got the skills that every artificer has, and then obviously, then you've got the branch skills. So depending on what mm-hmm. sort of artificer you 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 pick, was anything popped up? in the main branch that you thought was quite cool. I'm just having a look at things like (laughs) infuse item is quite an important one, I think. Um,
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, infuse item, yeah, really, really useful. Um, You know, you can touch a non-magical object, imbue it with one of your infusions, which, again, we'll probably come on to later, and put that into a magic item which yeah, really, really useful. Um, for me, like I think I said before, flash of genius. So you gain the ability to come up with solutions under pressure. Instantly I'm like, oh, tick, I could do with yeah. that. Uh, when you or another creature you can see within 30 feet makes an ability check or a saving throw, you can use your reaction to add your intelligence modifier to the role. So mm. again, a bit like sort of, uh, oh, I do know what it's called it's david's saving thing for us but it's like a cloak of protection or what, something a, a sort
0: of um the paladin aura or courage or
1: aura courage yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah any of the auras a paladin it's very similar i think but it's nice that you could use it as a reaction so you like you can see someone go oh no you don't and yeah. that that's quite nice that you can do it to someone else and that's at seventh level i think it's actually quite a powerful thing to use as your reaction obviously that opens it up for you know you failing it or you getting hit by something as well because your armor class might not be as high but i thought yeah. that was quite again a nice sort of possible flavor thing where you go ah uh, th- yeah you you reach out and grab something and it, yeah. i think I think that maybe that's it for me is that artificers, you said they're sort of a utility thing but i feel like they can be brave but they're not necessarily the fighters they're not going to be at the front but they can go they can have some sort of really cool heroic moments as a result
0: Mm, yeah definitely i mean i was just having a look through the spell list and and sort of having a look and seeing what they've got there's a distinct lack of combat spells looking yeah, at it there, yes. there's <laughs> cantrips that are you know fire bolts are pretty standard high damage one but apart from that is there fireballs is there magic missiles no lightning bolts nothing nothing in that range bigby's hand there you'll be pleased to see oh he's oh, made it in yeah.
1: <laughs> My favourite spell, which I didn't realise needed concentration. <laughs> <laughs> of
0: course it does. It's a huge hand. Ah, to be yeah. fair, um, there's a couple of, of spells like that that don't use concentration. So I can see, I can see why. Haste is a good one though. Oh. So there are some proper wizard spells in this list that that normally only you know the true spellcasters can use. So that's mm-hmm. quite quite cool. Yeah. No, I, I like the flash of genius. For me, the thing that stands out about this. So obviously, infuse item is. I, it's kind of like another take I think on warlock invocations is mm-hmm. probably the closest thing I can describe it to where you've got this huge list of things you can do and you can pick a number of them and I think actually you can you can take quite a few up to 12 by the end of the, mm-hmm. of the list which is quite a lot of them actually um but then magic item adept and yes that was quite cool <laughs> So actually being able to break the usual rule of D&D and have more than three magic items. Now, for me, that struck me as being one of those things where if you were such a person that was a a sort of min-maxer in the game, Mm -hmm. there are distinctly magical items that have been put into the game that rely on the fact that you can't have more than three of them equipped at any one point because it would be... the combinations would begin to get a little bit crazy. And I can imagine you doing at high level some quite remarkable things to get like six magical items on you. Exactly. It's um, it's pretty cool.
1: But again, that sort of makes sense for me because obviously, like you said, the spells you get, uh, certainly from the base tree, they're not attacking spells so you might need some extra protection around yourself so i can imagine at least one being like um a a cloak that can make you fly or a a teleport or a um not a diffusion cloak that's not what i'm thinking of
0: like a uh, displacement cloak. that's
1: the one (laughs) diffusion cloak that's something else i've invented and you can't have that wizards um but going on to then the free specialist classes that are sort of in the eberron book i will come to the fourth one that has been sort of announced Uh, The Armourist, which I think is really interesting. Um, So the first one, The Alchemist, and this, technically, when I think back to it, this is what my uh, original article was, being Mm. able to create elixirs. So at level three, after you finish a long rest, you can magically produce an experimental elixir from an empty flask you touch. Which, i am got to be honest, it does sound like you're about to have a wee into a flask. <laughs> so that's
0: what I'm It's essentially sorry. what it is, I think. It's a magical creation with different coloured urine that may pop out, like a prismatic spray of some kind, into coo- a bottle. Yeah,
1: but what, what, what's, cool <laughs> what's cool is that, you, obviously, you roll a d6, and randomly you get assigned it, but then you could expend a spell slot to create another or choose which one you want. So again mm. that could be helpful and certainly later on when if you want to be like okay you get a healing potion you get a swiftness potion etc rather than relying on the randomness of the dice. But again I like that as a sort of a, a role play thing you're just starting out as an artificer and you go test this I don't know what it does <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's going to do something and then just stand back and watch like the like the the 6 on the d6 is a transformation spell as an alter self 10 minutes which again could be very very useful at low levels if you need to sneak in somewhere and pretend yeah. to someone else
0: flight as well is is remarkably useful i mean mm-hmm. it's uh, there's some really cool effects here i think the healing one that is just basically a sort of healing potion isn't it, it it's mm. just a common healing potion so perhaps isn't the the most exciting thing but it's definitely really cool
1: and then later on obviously these things increase at levels but then like at 15th level you get uh, chemical mastery where you can just cast greater restoration and heal without expending a spell slot without preparing it without material components uh, providing you've got your alchemical supplies as your focus so that's incredibly powerful as well yeah. and, act- and actually heal thinking a about six it.
0: level spell i think isn't it
1: uh, i think so yeah, yeah. exactly but i think and that's that's really interesting as well which again wasn't in the original uh, unearthed Arcana one is that you can prepare artificer spells, very similar to cleric. I think so. You can just pick yeah. which ones you want. That's cleric so helpful.
0: So, so, the whole spell list is available to you. I like that. I have to say that some of my favourite classes in D and D, like the um, sorcerer, I've always had a soft spot for ever since like third edition, where they were sort of the underused lesser form of wizards who were were clearly better, and I always liked sorcerers because they seemed a little bit downtrodden, but the, the just the lack of, of, of number of spells that you can learn there's always mm-hmm. been a bit of a problem so i like the fact they can switch between all the spells that's quite cool that's mm-hmm. really awesome
1: and again the talk about like how do you prepare spells well normally you'd, you'd either meditate or you pray to your god something artificers just get all their stuff out and start tinkering with stuff and go right this used to heal but now heats metal done you know and again another great sort of role play element in that so again just a way to sort of the flavouring of it. That's what I really like. And I think just, it's something different. I feel like when you think of fantasy, you instantly think of Dungeons & Dragons, but you think of castles, you think of sort of riding on horseback and stuff. And this is not, it is just changing it slightly to be a bit different and to have stories that do include, like you making something and it working, but no one else has the same knowledge. And it's actually not forbidden knowledge, but it can in the wrong hands cause a war or anything like that. And yeah, I'm 100% all in for that as well this really starts to bind i'm just thinking with there's a sort of a little section back on
0: on a page that talks about the magic of how they work things and, and you're right it's not necessarily just using pure magic it's using sort of tools and things i just love the ability to just, every single spell in this can be replicated with some sort of different gunk that you're creating so i just yeah. love that image it's really there's something quite nice about it but yeah and everything alchemists yeah terrific healers actually lots of different healing spells buffing spells things that you can do which seem really cool um Mm -hmm. being able to use healing word and mass healing word is an incredibly useful thing for a non-healing class Mm -hmm. so it's definitely i could see an alchemist being a really good addition to a party The Artillerist, I find a bit different. I'm, this yes. is the one out of the three. I I kind of struggle to get my head around the most. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe you can explain it a little better to me. The Eldritch Canon seems like a very strange construction in terms of mechanically and how
1: it works yeah i i completely agree i think this again this feels to me and i know people may be like well oh, it's fine but i do feel it is shoehorning the fact that you can create guns essentially so the artillery specializes in using magic to hurl energy or projectiles explosions across the battlefield they are like a ranged fighter at this point and being able to Create a cannon, and that's the thing. It's an Eldritch cannon, but essentially, it is a gun. At the beginning, you can only create one cannon at a time, which is probably good. Again, that's (laughs) interesting. Like, it's got an AC. It's got an amount of hit points as well. You can choose if it has legs. I thought that was quite good. Again, I have versions of of sort of uh, Borderlands, the sort of the gun on legs wandering (laughs) through, but it disappears after an hour or reduced to zero hit points. Again, it's that sort of thing where I, I, I think I like the idea. It makes sense in a way, but at the same time it does feel a little bit overpowered. Like it has the number of health times your artificer level. Oh, and it's immune to poison psychic and all conditioned statuses. <laughs> just in yeah. case you weren't sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Because it is a walking cannon. You can't you can't mind control this thing. Yeah. It's it's weird because I'm I mean, unless I'm reading this sort of strangely, but all of its abilities seem to activate on a bonus action. And um, yes. I'm just Double checking this to see if that's right. But so it's like another attack on top. So I imagine what would you do with your action? You'd be casting cantrips or you'd be casting other other presumably things like that, so, presumably. Yeah. Mm.
1: Um,
0: and this is sort of extra damage. I mm. guess that makes sense, doesn't it? But um yeah.
1: But I do like the give the, the option so, so the Eldritch cannons, they have sort of three versions of it. You've got the flamethrower one. Uh, You've got the force ballista one, which is like a typical gun one. And then you have a protector one where it's more as a force field or or it gives out uh, sort of energy and you get uh, temporary hit points. And I quite like that one better. So you don't have to have guns that kill. You know, it's all about protecting and, and giving that sort of defense. So I quite like that. And then you have the arcane firearm, where basically at fifth level, you can turn any one staff or rod into a, a, an arcane firearm. So a conduit for you to be use your destructive powers on top of having a cannon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, a, I think, I don't know, it's a lot to think about. Oh, and you can There's get a lot much. of extra D8s <laughs> and, D8s and stuff.
0: extra things to do. And yeah, like I could see it a lot of what the artificers do is basically just to clog up your initiative roll as much as you can and make you mm. think about as many things as you possibly can. Yeah, and it's definitely that as a as a rolling. Which theme. which
1: makes sense. They are inventors, so they're trying to like endure the advantage and stuff. But yeah, I did I did see the 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 one. I was like, nah, that's a bit too much for, for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, it, to be fair, I think it's the it's probably the most mechanically simple in the sense that when you get your head around the uses of the actions and the bonus actions, it's it's, it's a pure damage casting. Then mm-hmm. with with protector gives a little bit of temporary health if you want to put your bet on your cannon. But generally speaking, it's more damage for people that like to do damage. I, the I have to say the alchemist I think is a lot more interesting. Just having the yeah. randomness of the alexas, it all seems to be quite useful and exactly extra healing and and also damage that you can do with that. That's no, I think that's quite cool. You said from the outset that the battlesmith was the one that. Yeah. got your attention is, is that purely because of a of the dog or no, is, it, is, is it more than
1: that <laughs> it's not just the dog i think like it is it is nice to have something because that's because in the again in the original unearthed arcana at level six you would get your mechanical servant which we never got to because obviously we had to finish our campaign and i think what was interesting is that it just you had that in addition to your alchemical stuff but now you have you just have it as as is and actually like it's got some really good I think like the vigilant, can't be surprised it, <laughs> which is always really helpful it's always really good and I just I just don't know it just, it just something about it made sense and it like it doesn't have to be you can choose what it looks like as well and that doesn't affect how it how it is and stuff like that. so obviously they've gone for a dog in this one but you could make it into sort of a, a bird you can make it into some sort of like Essentially, I think it is just having a metal Pokemon with you. That's- <laughs> I think I've got to that stage. It's a
0: metal Pokemon. And actually, unlike in the old Art of Vista style, this one you can actually repair properly yes. as yes. well, which is, which is a really, really cool thing. I think the one thing that I didn't spot about this in terms of the, what the defender can do that slipped through was the reaction. I think the reaction is probably the most useful thing that it can do. And that's imposing disadvantage on an attack roll mm-hmm. around it. So as long as the defender's by you, people can't hit you which mm-hmm. I think is really intriguing. That's like having the, um, not using your own reaction to, to uh, what was the fighters and paladins can, can learn the battle style? Oh. Is it the protector one? I think it uh, just yeah, protector. it might
1: be. Yes, it's definitely not repose. I don't know why I said repose. Yeah, something yeah it's like protector, but, protector,
0: yeah. So I think that's that, that's really cool. having Having a defender that can actually protect you um, yeah, gives it and, a little bit of purpose.
1: And you got like the arcane jolt as well. Again, another cool thing: you can channel magical energy through when you strike something. Yeah, extra two d six force damage—that's quite good. Or you can make it into healing. I was going to say healing damage. There. No, healing damage. He- yeah, yeah. Healing yeah. energy. The vampires.
0: I think that would be fair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you can only do it a certain number of times per uh, and only once on a turn. But again, that could is again all helps essentially. And I thought that was quite cool. Again, that you could channel that energy to be a protector, not. Just Damage as well.
0: Absolutely, I like this one. It, I have to say, having proficiency with weapons, getting an extra attack, this to me feels like uh, like another take on like a ranger or, or uh, you know some combat class that isn't necessarily all about combat and it uses other skills to sort of jump around with. I, I try and think about whether or not it can keep up with a fighter because a fighter mm-hmm. is is like a pure damage dealing class. And they've got, you know, your martial abilities and, and all kinds of stuff that goes along with that. And actually, I think with the defender and with the spells that you can cast, these guys, they seem pretty, pretty reliable, actually. And, mm. and interesting to play. Definitely interesting to play.
1: Yeah. And even just looking at the spells now, they've got, you know, it's again attacking combative spells. So you've got like uh, Branding Smite the fire shield again that's quite cool that's 13th level vanishing spike but you've also got mass cure wounds as well and shield and stuff so again mass cure wounds is a very good spell actually. yeah <laughs> really, really it's good. very good <laughs> so again yeah you can just be in the middle of the battlefield and you can just you know, heal as many people and then you'd like to tell rover to go and make sure your people get disadvantage on you so you don't okay get sir i shall do that for you <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: absolutely. now I like I have to say the Battlesmith was and I have to say the, the artwork in this book is, is terrific. So but the Battlesmith does a particularly badass. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if they were going for the um Lady Brienne sort of approach to the to the
1: You know me. I, I, I was more fi- i was more thinking of um Ellie from Borderlands in, in that's a way. True. you know That's
0: very true. Yes, no, that's a good shout. Oh I love Ellie. Mm. She's so cool. Oh. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, the redneck that you wish you knew
1: gonna get some wheels (laughs) (laughs) that's it i don't know anymore can't do any more of that accent
0: those are the three different classes so so i think combining the 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 abilities that you've got with the main artificer abilities you you have a character with a lot of spells um a decent amount of spells so it's not a huge amount but they've also got cantrips they've also got little class abilities and then they've also got these infusions which i think adds the next and, and probably the most important layer in terms of making your yes. artificer quite unique oh. because there are some cool different choices here i think and you start with four right from the get-go at level two i know ah
1: so cool so yeah so these artists infusions as you sort of rightly said they're a bit like the uh, warlock invocations and stuff so you have a certain amount, and obviously at certain levels you can gain them um the one we definitely come across in our own campaigns uh is the replicate magic item where mm. you can create uh you know spend some time to create a magic item and you can take this one as many times as you want to get higher up magic items and it says what you can do in certain levels and if they need attunement or not but straight off the bat, looking at level two, you can get stuff like uh, a bag of holding, which is incredibly useful when you're so low level. Very useful, yeah. You've got goggles of night, uh, which again, very useful. There's one, that it, I didn't really look it up, but it says prosthetic limb, which I didn't, <laughs> I didn't check. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. Oh, I, but, I can't
0: believe you didn't check it. It no. says scrolling to that bit. Just exactly.
1: Um, well, after you do that, you've got stuff like sending stones. Again, incredibly useful when you're low level and you don't necessarily have people who have sending spells or message. What was the other one? A rope of climbing. So you can shoot up a rope and be able to climb up or it can tie itself to an area that, you know, you don't need to make a check for. It's already tied. So that's amazing stuff you can get for level two. And obviously, as you get further and further up, you've got, like, uh, the stuff of kinds, so, like, cloaks and boots and if you get it all the way to the fourteenth, uh, the fourteenth level, you have a choice of getting stuff like, of course, my my favorite ever magic item is the horn of blasting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a Give good name. that horn of name. blast, exactly. The fact you could make that would be great.
0: I, you know what, the thing about the, these magical items is, we, the thing with infusions as well is that it has to be on a non-magical item. That mm-hmm. so you essentially create this from from scratch. You can't put anything on a magical item; it's already magical, magical. effectively. But this. All of these things, and you can do everything from, from move fast to fly, to go invisible, to go stealthy, to do skills, to breathe underwater. Like it every single environment can be used with an infusion. Mm-hmm. And you can switch infusions between levels as well. That's really useful. You can give up an infusion, you can take a new one. I think artificers could be prepared for pretty much every single campaign environment i could think of i mean you Mm -hmm. could throw one into a volcano which we've just done in our campaign recently and there are things that deal with fire in here it'll it'll go underwater or Mm -hmm. be able to fly or or, all kinds of stuff that's i just think they've got a little bit of everything
1: yeah definitely and like for me the the sort of the biggest thing that's going back to that replicate magic item they can make a ring of free action which gives you another action in combat that could be so useful. And again, these magic items, you don't have to, obviously, they're not just for you. You could make them for other people. Yeah. And I think that, I can't remember which one it is now. I think it's one of the, There's, I think there's an infusion or there's something in a lower level where you can infuse a, some, a, a spell, level one or level two, into an object. And mm-hmm. then you can you can cast it as, as your action. But it doesn't have to be you. It could be anyone. You could give, say, you get a stone, you put magic missile on it and you give it to the fighter and you go... If you need it, just use that. And yeah. oh, that's so powerful. Like Again, it's a way to sort of, you know, you are using up spell slots and stuff, but you can store it and then give people a quick sort of like, oh, you need to, to escape. Here's a tactical retreat or, or whatever yeah, it is. You spell know.
0: storing item. The thing about that as well, and, and again, I didn't read this until I read it the second time, but the spell stays in the object until it's been used a number of times equal to twice your intelligence modifier. So if you were to, for instance, put cure wounds in it, and you had an intelligence modifier of plus four. Say you could use kiowins four times before it, it ran out. Like it's mm-hmm. it's so good.
1: Yeah. Again, very helpful if you're just going to do that and give it to people. Again, like you said, it's not just about the artificer. It is about other people. So because I think like like we said, so the artificer can get up to six magic items which they can make it make or they can buy or whatever, but then they could create stuff for other people. And I think that's Mm. so powerful as well, because I don't think many other classes can do that. Yeah, Um, And and it it encourages that sort of thing of being, I I would say teamwork and sort of thing like, what do you need? Give me a few weeks. Give me an idea. I will get it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Give me, give me something to play off and I, mm-hmm. I will come up with something for the situation. Yeah, they're really, really cool. And and normally the, the complexity in a class comes if you get level nine spells and you're having to pick which ones to to pick, because mm-hmm. wizards, clerics, druids always have the problem where you have a long rest and suddenly you've got this heap of spells you're trying to work out but I think with every single one of these skills and every single one of these abilities you're going to have as much fun trying to make the character in the first place as you would trying to manage a, a wizard or anything and there's so many options mm, definitely and absolutely and, so many and every time you read this list you will see something different
1: and you and go you'll be, that'll be good yeah yeah, yeah that, that's the thing I think the artificer uh, just encourages you to to think things outside the box. And like I said, like, it's not... Sometimes you just can't go in and fight the big bad, you know, even though you're likely to. What can you do to give yourself an advantage?
0: Exactly. And and I have to say, all of these things have... There's there's kind of extra things as well. So if you are a combat artifice, I'm just having a look, you could put Mm -hmm. enhanced defense on your shield, which gives you you know, an extra AC, you could give yourself a bit of weapon damage. You could give yourself a radiant weapon. You can give it. I mean, if you were, um, uh, an artillerist, then you could do the arcane focus one, which gives you the extra damage to combat or extra, sorry, spell attack rolls. Yeah. Repeating shot as well. uh, Mm. Quite good. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah, not having to worry about ammo is quite a fun mm. a fun thing indeed. Yeah, it just produces its options. own.
1: <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. And uh, and then obviously if you really wanted something which is a bit like the Steel Defender but went for a different class, you could also take the Homunculus Servant, which maybe is, is the one thing I, I will say that I'm not a big fan of. I'm not a fan of the word Homunculus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's wrong with it?
1: it like, so this is going to be incredibly niche. but So there's a, a TV show called The League of Gentlemen, and, <laughs> and in the film of The League of Gentlemen, they create a homunculus, and it's disgusting, it's supposed to be <laughs> horrific, and obviously homunculus in this, they're supposed to be a sort of tiny constructs, or, or tiny sort of creatures and stuff, but all I can see is just a hideous, like, like almost like a, an imp-like creature, like, Master, you, you've made me! <laughs> <laughs> Give me lies you like! I'm like, oh! <laughs> But again that anything. could be a really co- that, that could be a really cool role play thing where you've created it and you go buddy and it's like <sighs> and then everyone else is like oh i don't think it's well oh but it's my friend it's okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and the thing i like about these infusions as well is that you've especially the homunculus you might you might decide that it's not very useful you can switch it back out again which mm-hmm. is quite fun if you've got enhanced weapon and you pick up a magic sword again you can switch out switch it out again which is which i think is really fun um The Artificial, yeah, you know what? I could see myself playing one of these. (gasps) I'm not entirely sure (laughs) which one I would go for. I think I would be tempted... I think mechanically, my favourite one is the Alchemist.
1: I was going to say the Alchemist, yeah.
0: I think, yeah, in terms of just pure damage output, I think the Artillerist probably is better than you would think it is Mm -hmm. once you started playing it. Once you got your
1: head around it, I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, and in terms of coolness, I think having two attacks and a a pet dog (laughs) would be pretty awesome as well. I think, actually, I think I'd have a butler. Definitely a butler, like a metal-plated butler (laughs) that just follows you around.
1: (laughs) The new sort of Unearthed Arcana speciality one is called the Armourer, which essentially boils down to, it says says here it's an artificer who specialises in armour and modifies it to act like a second skin. So essentially it is, you are Tony Stark. Yeah, you're
0: Iron Man, that seems to be It is pretty much (laughs) Iron Man, and it
1: totally makes sense. So you get stuff like Magic Missile and Shield, you get Shatter, Hypnotic Pattern, and Wall of Force uh, on your final sort of level. And yeah, it's quite... Again, it's one of those things where, again, I kind of only quickly looked at it before we came into it, but actually it's still being tested and stuff because it talks about
0: where it's... I was going to say, is it on Earth
1: Arcana still? Yeah, it's still on mm. Earth Arcana. I mean, look at it, what it says. Can have it... So it has the following sort of features. You get thunder gauntlets. So each of your armor fist fists counts as a simple melee weapon and deals 1d8 thunder damage on a hit. So again, you can just punch things and cause... Fund the damage, defensive field, so that you gain a bonus actions to use on each of your turns to gain temporary hit points equal to your level in your class, and so that wow. that'll be your yeah, replacing any temporary hit points you already have, but you lose them if you doff the armor. So, <laughs> so you just have them until you come out. That's
0: incredibly like that's a huge amount of uh, extra health. I mean, you become quite quite spongy with that. Mm. I, I reckon they'll get rid of that. Anything you can do an unlimited amount of times.
1: Yeah different. I feel I feel like you you'd have to have it a certain number of times to your like intelligence model before you take a long rest or something. Yeah I could imagine a, a
0: lot actually a lot of these skills for an artificer art they're all long rest ones so you've mm-hmm. got to be careful you don't use all your abilities at once i think would be something uh, that's say.
1: right yeah so it, it is armor model so you can choose either for it to have thunder gauntlets or a defensive field or something called a guard uh you know you can, you can change what it what it says so you can't have it all that's why i was like god it's over <laughs> it's completely overpowered <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah it's, it is pretty pretty cool again it's, it makes sense that you would have something that's a bit more defensive rather than a gun or throwing uh, potions or, or, or chemicals or having a big metal dog you have mm-hmm. a big metal suit so that it does make sense but yeah again it probably needs a bit more tweaking <laughs> otherwise you just gain hit- temporary hit points and still punch the the hell out of things so.
0: yeah definitely so i i think quite clearly you would play one of these. i think that's without doubt what
1: gave that away <laughs>
0: And we're probably plotting how to kill your character in our campaign right now, just so you can switch
1: over. I that. don't know. I've got, I've got, I've got triple-digit health now. I don't think I'll ever see that with an artificer. So,
0: <laughs> or oh, don't tempt me.
1: But <laughs>
0: is there anything about this bit that you didn't like, or that you'd change in terms of just things that you don't think quite work as well, or ideas hmm. that you think just fell a bit flat or short of the
1: mark? I don't know. It, it's a very weird thing cause I again, I have. I, I think a lot of people. Obviously, we're obviously right now in the US and, and, and there's a lot of stuff about guns and gun laws. So I do feel it's, like, it's that sort of looking beyond the veil go, oh, there's this mysterious thing and it, and it it shoots out lightning and all that sort of thing. But it is essentially a gun. But, the, you know, we do have ranged weapons like crossbows and, and arrows and stuff like that. So it makes sense at some point you will get there. I just, I, I don't know. I do, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's my own issue with with sort of guns and gun laws and stuff. But it might make for a very, very interesting story, I think. Because here, compared to what I saw on sort of Critical Role, there was a good mechanic which I thought maybe something I would use. So if you did decide to create or have more weaponry in uh, the Forgotten Realms or in your campaigns. You, the idea is that you're not proficient with it. It is a, a new, untested sort of weaponry. So that if you roll, you have to, every time it's a bit like a wild magic surge, you roll a d20, and if you get a one, your gun jams or it breaks mm. or something like that, and you have to spend your turn repairing it. Because obviously, it is you know, if you hit, it's really damaging, and people don't know what to do or, or how to protect against it because mm. it, is, it is such a, a weapon of violence. So I, I maybe would include rules about that per se yeah um, yeah but yeah but i think that's just that's just me and sort of my my politics issues uh but uh, you know D is a politics game
0: so <laughs> uh, it depends on what sort of campaigns you uh you yeah. choose doesn't
1: it I'll tell you a thing that i really liked actually and it, it just reminded me again going back to what we did one of the first early things it says about artifices is that they love to create they're great but they are insanely jealous of anyone else. So <laughs> it has a really good prompt. So like, what is the relationship between you and the person who taught you your craft? So like, Okay, that makes sense that you would, you know, as maybe as a blacksmith or anything like that, you would have smithy guildmaster whatever teaching you as a mother or father figure, etc. But then yeah. it asks about rivals. And instantly for me, and I'm like, oh it is a bit like again like Pokemon, you have Ash versus Gary. You know, you have you you can have sibling uh, you can have siblings. Oh you can have brother we and have, sister rival. You have <laughs> siblings. siblings. I siblings. think definitely
0: siblings. Yeah, so lots of siblings everywhere.
1: But, and, and that's what I did in our, in our campaign. It asked about a rival and I said well, I have a twin brother who thinks he's better than me and then you used it against me and I was shocked and appalled that you did. And it was great. <laughs> it's
0: terrible, isn't it? Why, it, why would the DM use a rival against you?
1: But it was. An, it's a nice motivator I think. So again, so it's not like you can make it so that your artificer is like, well, I've worked so hard on this, so I must be the best. And if someone bests you, what are you going to do? You're going to go right back to the workshop. I need to, I need to beat them. And it's, again, that's a really cool story that you can get into. So I, I I love that idea. That it wasn't necessarily about you've lost your parents, you've uh, you're a lone orphan, an edge lord, etc. It is between you and this other person, and this other person could also be competitive, or they could be super super nice and be like, oh I'm so glad you. Oh, you're so better luck next time. <laughs> and you're like, ah, Damn you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't believe the lies. <laughs> they may look nice and everything, but actually, oh, they're just oh awful
0: (laughs) yeah exactly no i I, it's a very clever class i think it's 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 one of those classes where where certainly i first read it and i didn't get the point i thought it would be too weak and too all over the place but i think if you were to play it and give it a go and really start combining the skills up and building something this is definitely a sort of class i think that you could you could definitely min max Mm -hmm. quite a lot to creating something that would be really cool yeah um yeah, I love it. Very yeah. really cool.
1: And, and and the final thing I would say is that if you're looking for somewhat, some inspiration for what can artificers be like, if anyone's been watching She-Ra, uh, Princesses of Power, there is a princess called Entrapta, who varies all the princesses of powers, but her thing is to create bots and stuff. And so she actually helps the evil guys out for a little bit, but because of her passion to create robots and stuff and her steel defender technically is is a robot called Emily. <laughs> and it's super sweet because obviously she's just trying to help, but she doesn't know how because she gets so distracted with trying to create bots and try and work out how they work and how can she save the world, but gets distracted by her own thoughts and processes. So highly recommend uh, looking at that as an artificial so inspiration. Yes, yeah,
0: so. absolutely. Well I was gonna say the last thing I was gonna sort of ask was Obviously this comes in the Eberron book and the Eberron world is very well defined and, and there's lots of different ideas. Um, and it's definitely the artifice described as being part of that world and, and like a sort of high magic thing. I mean, how would you go about bringing an artifice into a, a regular campaign? So if we were using one that was sort of then more high fantasy, Lord, Lord of the Rings mm. style or, or definitely more traditional d and I mean, do you think there's a problem with somebody bringing an artifice
1: into that sort of environment? I mean, how would, how would you go about that? It's a very interesting point. So I think, I think it would more boil down to. The player and the DM's way of flavoring it. So you have to really describe and go out of your way to use words that aren't necessarily like gun or, or anything like that, and be able to describe what you're doing and describe it in so much detail that even maybe the players themselves have no idea what is going on. <laughs> um, and this make it so so complicated. And it's just a new form of magic, maybe a secret magic. I mean, I obviously uh, with my artificer was a, a known character. And I sort of made it in my head that it's a guild, the clan of the gnomes, they have this knowledge. It's gone from father to son to mother to daughter, et cetera. So again, it could be a hidden thing that only these clans know, and they've got to protect the tradition in some way. Uh, and so outsiders can't see it. So you'll be in big trouble if someone spots you on the the the, uh, the parchment daily paper, <laughs> <laughs> your drawing of, of you and your steel defender. You're like, ugh. But yeah. you could, it could end up as a hygiene. So it's like you have to sort of hide... Uh, magic in a way um or to do things but you know if magic's not allowed or, or, or banned in some place how do you go about that because you'll be able to do it you just need to think really cleverly about how to do it. like, oh I, it's just it's just a normal shoe or it's, oh, it's a wand and ah, that's a dog it's a puppet it you know
0: so yeah i like to think the santa would be an artificer if that's oh my what santa is.
1: a bag of holding pulling out all his sort of like
0: Oh, yeah Maybe this is steel defender a reindeer that pulls a sleigh that's been tinkered to fly oh, well
1: i can't wait for this spin-off one shot ryan uh. <laughs> absolutely
0: this is a christmas miracle a lot in one i like it no i think like, it's tough isn't it I, I like um gnomish culture as it's described in D, being very you know they love life and they just love exploration and secrets and knowledge and learning and stories and everything they just have a a lust for it and I think gnomes and artifices work very well together and obviously humans with their more short lives and mm-hmm. and sort of spark to learn I think works quite well you could throw dwarves at it I think or dwarves elves yeah I believe it's sort of a, a longer life potentially um mm-hmm. I couldn't say, so well, maybe maybe an orc with intelligence, maybe an artificer as opposed to a wizard because they don't have training, so they're just experimenting with things that they mm. find, maybe? More,
1: that would um. be really cool as well, yeah. Gets... A, low, a low-tech artificer, maybe. Oh, that would be really sure. cool. But I will say, if you are playing uh, gnomes, you have to go for the high voice because that's, that's how we've, just, we've done it in our, our campaign. They've all got little high voices. Yeah, uh, all small, small people have high voices. Because <laughs> you're further away from them. Yeah,
0: I'm actually two foot nine. Um, just so you know. <laughs> Hello, look at my dog. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. I, I feel like a lot of, I know a lot about artificial Yay. now. And I can't wait to play one.
1: Really oh good. Fun. I can't wait either. What is next week's topic, Ryan? I, I, I'm excited. What is it? Ah. Okay
0: oh no not getting it
1: no oh oh god this is is it a terrible dad pun i don't know so it's pirates of some sort right yeah
0: pirates we're going to be talking all about ships and ship battles and <laughs> D&D and how oh, wow. dungeon masters can bring in naval combat and naval transportation oh. and ships of the line and rowboats and all kinds of things and specifically we're going to take a look at one of the appendixes at the back of the Ghosts of Salt <gasps> Yeah. Really good, um, oh. rules on how to use boats and how to crew them um, say in your campaign you want to give your characters access to their own boat or vessel um or maybe they kidnap something and they're trying to sail it away. Or maybe they're on a ship and they want to get involved. There's all kinds of different
1: rules. Excellent. In there. So oh, up. I'm excited. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Ship tastic. <laughs> no. a pile of ship. That's what it is. Brilliant. Uh, so Ryan, where can we find you in the internet? Uh... <laughs>
0: Well, normally I just sit here and say you should come find me on YouTube, but actually I'm going to do a different plug this time. What? I have a Discord server. You should come and find me on Discord. I'm called Ursa Ryan. Come find me and we can talk. It'd be great.
1: Talk about what though, Ryan?
0: (laughs) Well... Anything D, wow. mm-hmm. Artificer classes, that's quite an important thing. The, your your particular flavor of dragons. I mean we can go across all kinds of episodes.
1: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Where can
0: we find you? What are you up to?
1: Where can we find me? I run the What Am I Rolling Podcast, which is a twice monthly RPG one-shot podcast. How I'm... Often, sorry? Uh, twice monthly. <laughs> twice monthly, okay. Good. <laughs> you...
0: not, not every two months, but twice monthly.
1: No, I you know what, when I first started out, I had to really think about how I had to say it. Because yeah, you get that. People do ask if it's once every two months, and yeah, I, yeah bi-monthly. Yeah, bi-monthly. It's like yeah, two-weekly. Uh, you know, Americans don't understand Fortnite as a as a term or a phrase. It is. Uh, it, it's a
0: terrible game, and I always preferred pubg. I'll be oh, honest. God.
1: Oh. Uh, edit this from the podcast. Right.
0: <laughs> I think you won't. Yeah,
1: no, I won't. I'm lazy. All right. <laughs> well
0: thank you very much everybody for listening. I'll I'll wrap it up so that you don't have to hear Thanks. any more of my jokes. Thanks. See you next time for a conversation on pirates. Bye. Yar
1: <laughs> <laughs>